Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 288. We're talking in startup mode. When do I hire? Such a critical question. Too often we do it very reactionary in this business, and so we want to really dig into that. And, of course, this is Best Served Through Volume 2, Episode 4 of 8 with Looks Who's Cooking. We've been talking to Ching Ren Hu throughout this process, and today we're going to be talking to Jordan Bush, CEO, founder of Seven Shifts, who is underwriting the series. We're going to talk to Jordan a little bit about kind of why that was important and the culture that we're trying to build with Best Served and what's happening with Seven Shifts as well, how our values really seem to align. And then we're going to get into Jordan wealth of knowledge of taking people from from end to end in their business process, specifically with kind of the employee life cycle. So we're getting to that. So no further ado, Jordan Bush, want to bring you in now. Jordan, good to see you. Hey, Jensen, good to see you again. All right. So I wanted to start with that. I wanted to bring you in first, a little bit different than usual. We usually bring in our uh, our subject first. Our subject, that sounds horrible. We bring in our guest. Uh, and I wanted to take a moment, though, to reflect on this. With working with yourself, your team, Chris DeYoung, Brianne behind the scenes, do wrote a couple articles that are coming out this week. Very excited about those. The conversation was never about sponsorship. It wasn't about ROI. It wasn't about CPM. It was about the impact that we can have on the people who dedicate themselves to feeding their community, how we can really be of support to them. And it was a very different type of conversation. And I was I was grateful for it. And our values so aligned that we kind of went into this mission together and we're doing these 32 episodes together and, and really trying to you know better each other's efforts to have an impact on the people. So I just wanted to find out why is that the approach that Seven Shifts is taking? It's different. It's easy for you to just throw money at sponsorships and look for a return on investment and look for you know new sign-ons of clients. This is a very different approach. Why is it important to you? Yeah, it's an, it's it's important to us because <clears throat> we we target and we work with like um, restaurant operators as our as our core business and. The fact is, if restaurants aren't successful, you know, we aren't successful in what we do. And I come from the restaurant industry. My parents ran restaurants. My grandparents ran restaurants. And I saw a lot of pains in managing restaurants. And it was never easy. And I always like to say it's these people that get into this world, it's almost like they're running a startup for the rest of their life, it seems. Yes. Like they're just always going. And I'm and like no vacation, no, it's just, it's because it's your life. And and I, I really wanted to, I didn't want my dad to go through that. And so thinking through ways that I could have an impact to help him um, was kind of at the forefront. So we built our business around that. And that remains true today is, is if we're not giving operators back time in their day to spend time with their kids, with their families, um, then like, what are we really doing? Like it just, it doesn't make sense. So I think especially in the pandemic where, you know, people are reflecting on how they spend their time a little bit more. 
um, that it just means it's it's even more important now than it, than it ever was. Yeah, I think what I, what I recognized is you know you're in tech and it's easy to to speak tech and try to create this perfect solution this utopian technology, you know, restaurant people, like if we don't bleed out of our eyeballs, for some reason, we don't respect it. And so finding the balance of the human experience within your ability to have the technology be an asset to the time and the opportunity to engage better, which I know we'll talk about a little bit more was important. You know, it's not just another mousetrap, right? It's a, it's a great technology. It's not just the technology. It's the human factor that I think was so important. And for us, that feeds into like, we believe in creating workplaces worth working, you know, and I think anytime we're thinking about that, there has to be lots of great tools and resources, yet there has to be humans supporting you in that effort. And I think that's an important thing. You know, you do a lot of things that for a technology company aren't scalable, like doing this show right now. Yet I think, you you know, you said it, you're like, I will stop what I'm doing to sit down and talk with an operator. And I was like, that's amazing. That's what we need, you know? And if you instill that in your company culture, I think more restaurants need to instill that same kind of company culture that have a massive impact on their people. So I appreciate it. Thank you for that. It's a it's a refreshing conversation to have. And so I wanna bring in Ching, uh, excited to get kind of this download of all this good energy we have going right now. Ching, great to see you. Great to see you as well. All right, Ching Jordan, Jordan Ching. Hey Ching, great Hello. to meet you. All right, so what we're talking about today is that startup mode. Jordan mentioned it. You're kind of always in startup mode. Yet you are actually in startup mode. Days, weeks, short term to launching your food truck business. And it's really easy to get chummed up in the day to day, to get caught up and all of a sudden you're busy. Amazing, you're busy and you need to hire people and you haven't taken the time or the effort to really think about what that means and who you're looking to be a part of your team and how you're going to cultivate that relationship, that culture, all of those pieces. So we want to do that now. So we worked on that last week. I want to bring in Jordan because they have a really great, and Jordan, I want you to start with this and then dig in. I know you love asking questions, so ask questions to Ching. Employee life cycle, really understanding what it takes for an employee to be a part of the entire process that is working with you. So Jordan, first I wanted you to kind of like break down employee life cycle. Why is that the way that you're focused on these benchmarks? Of interaction with an employee yeah i think um <clears throat> so while we obviously provide uh tools to help to help offers operators operate in a more efficient manner i think it's really important to understand that it's about it's kind of a, it's i always almost see it as a teeter-totter you have to kind of fulfill the employee and the operator um and and have a strong engagement through and through and so when we think about the employee life cycle we think of how do we help restaurants from the moment someone is hired to them being trained once they're hired and, and scheduled, obviously, as, as part of that training? Um, you know, after they work their shifts, they're paid using a typically a payroll company, and then they're effectively retained until they quit or are terminated. And so the way most companies, I think, traditionally think about solving problems is they kind of just go they're like we're like a hiring tool, and that's what we do. And, and that's great. Um, but I think nowadays there's so much more that people are discovering as it relates to improving the hiring process to get the right people in the right seats um whereas i think typically you look at like the volume play where it's like i just need like you know i have some operators telling me just give me tons of applicants and it's like okay like you know that's 
you know, that's an interesting approach. Um, but then you give them tons of applicants and then now they say, well, I want the best applicants, right? So I think that the problem initially, like everyone's trying to get to the same solution and solve, which is how do we get the right people in the door when I need them? And the training aspect is, you know, um, if people are, are coming into the business, no matter what business it is, frankly, um, how do we get them ramped up as fast as possible to be effective? Um, the scheduling part is obviously managing their shifts. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're a business, so, and restaurants are as well. So, so you need to figure out, obviously, you need to choose technology around payroll. Um, and believe me, payroll is a headache for, for everyone. Um, and there's a lot of great companies out there that are making it easy to do. Um, and then the retention side is something that's, I think, incredibly important around how do you keep that person for as long as possible if they are truly a fit? Uh, because I think too often we think of this industry as like just a revolving door and, hey, I'm just going to go to the resume stack and get like a new person. And, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, they're they're young and they're going to go elsewhere. But like, I just think the mentality can change a little bit in terms of how you approach the type of person you need and and how you nurture them and potentially set them up a little bit more longer term than thinking of them as just like a revolving door. Jordan, I appreciate that. And Ching, I want to get to kind of high level your thinking of the challenges, the hopes that you have for building a team, for retaining a team, right? Because we have, you know, 73% turnover rate as like an industry standard. That is garbage. We have to do better. We have to be better. Uh, Chef Alan Plemons, somebody who's a, a friend of the show uh, out in Missouri, said something that really struck me. And I, I throw that into these conversations. He said, we call people in restaurants bodies or hands, like that they aren't even a full person that they're just occupying space so that we can survive the day and it's just like wow that is and i feel that i've felt those moments in restaurants where it's like i just need to survive through the day please just like make these 10 dishes and let's like get through the day i understand it yet we have to take a step back and stop beating our heads against the wall and start to invest in our most valuable asset our people it's the only asset that we actually have Everything else is commoditized. Other people have more money, more talent, a better burger, whatever that is. Your people, it's the only thing that can truly distinguish you. So another rant. You know, you two know I love to rant. Ching, for you, what are the what are the opportunities you're hoping for, or the challenges that you see at a high level? And then I'll let Jordan jump in and kind of pull at some threads, ask you some questions to figure out, you know, their resources and knowledge and how that might serve you. You bet. Um, <clears throat> for me, you know. I have a full-time job on top of launching this food truck. So trying to find that balance of still maintaining the full-time job because I do love what I do there, um, even though it's kind of in a weird world right now because of being in, in catering and events. Um, so what does it take to get launched? And then at what point in time do I start bringing people in? Because maybe I am doing a bunch of weddings this year, um, but I still want the food truck to still kind of be out there and still kind of building that brand or having somebody help with the prep on the back end so that I can take the tr truck out. Um, you know, on Saturday, Sunday, whatever that might look like. Yeah. When, what challenges have you faced with that? You know, uh, there's there's two things that I really love about what Seven Shifts and Jordan does. One is that they just create time. It's just so much more seamless. I know some really savvy operators that were like, I have cut the time of managing scheduling down by four hours a week. I'm like, four hours a week? That is a massive amount of time. So that's one. And the second part is engagement. They're really creating an opportunity for you to understand, like, is somebody chronically showing up late for work? You might want to check in with them. So it's creating an opportunity for you to see what's happening 
with the people with your business and have the technology help you do that on the back end a little bit. So what challenges have you faced managing a team, not being present? I know you've been multi locations and kind of trying to like juggle things. Uh, talk about that a little bit. And then Jordan, please jump in. Um, <clears throat> right now, you know, it, it's me um, as far as that goes. So trying to just balance my own personal day right now of making sure that I get all my calls scheduled that I'm supposed to do for my full-time job, but still also on the side doing everything that I need to, to try to get my business up and running. Um, I think, and you know, moving forward and forecasting out, if you will, when I do have a team is knowing that they're trusted people that, you know, using different software, that type of thing, make sure they're where they're supposed to be at the right time, you know, because I may not physically be there with them. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. I, I just have a few, few questions. Chin, you mentioned that you're, you're kind of doing this part-time and you've got a full-time job. Um, I guess what is, uh, I'm, I'm curious to know what your maybe even short-term goal may be with it and, and maybe a little bit more long-term, like, do you have a timeline in mind from a short-term perspective when you want to make that full transition or when you're hoping to make that transition to potentially full-time doing your food truck and, and, and the business? You bet. I mean, it's, I think short, short-term is basically the next couple of years. I want to be able to do both. Um, it's. I, th I think, you know, long-term goals in five years, something like that is to have some sort of brick and mortar um, and being able to transition into that. But right now it's it's a balancing of both of them because I do, I'm passionate about both, both industries um, and, and what I do for both and making sure that um, right now it's, if that means I take the truck out twice a month, maybe that's what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I'm not paying rent, so to speak, you know, as far as a brick and mortar location where I have to be generating revenue every day. It's what do I need to do to be to um, break even or make a little bit of profit right now just to kind of get the word out and start building that. And then eventually being able to say, OK, these are the three days a week or every other week that I'm going out um, to sell food. Yeah. And gotcha. Jordan, one, th one thing to consider in that is being an event producer uh, as the full time job catering a lot of those elements. One of the things that I see, one of the things I want to start to have Ching be able to intersect a little bit more, and I think creating more time and opportunity and managing a team so that they can help support that is now she could potentially have the venue locked down and then be the extension of the food. So I think that because she's in the inner workings of the event production and the catering side, that then she can also be the solution for the food creates an opportunity where she can sell both services basically to clients. That's the way that I'm thinking about it, which is challenging to see when it's just her, which is why I wanna say, look, like where does the rubber meet the road and the opportunity to save that time, to create the opportunity so that you're going out eight days a week in a, in a month from now, that would be the goal. So kind of feed into that. Where do you think uh, she needs to be focusing her attention when it comes to kind of- I just have a, just another question, because you mentioned that the event, so is that the, is that the full-time job or is this, in a, this is still in addition to your full-time job? That, uh, the so I was uh, sales, um, in sales and design for a catering company. Um, so- Gotcha. Sometimes it's helping source venues. Sometimes it's, they've got the venue locked in, they just need catering um, in terms of that and helping them kind of bring their vision to life. Yeah, and so and Jensen, what you were saying is, you know, use the food truck like to you know like provide to some of the venues or the catering business, which is the other one. So like one kind of feeds the other is what you're. Yeah, kind of that's saying. the hope. It could be a really cool extension. She's got a unique and great story. Mm -hmm. The you know Chinese immigrant story, American dream has been a big part of what we've been talking about. 
that there's this authentic yep. story and there's this food extension of that that I think can create a really dynamic experience for people, especially in this moment, because her food truck can go directly to the people. And a lot of times people are looking to bring the experience to them right now. So I think there's a, a little bit of a white space that she could fill. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you started doing that, Shane? Um, not up and running yet. So I just got my official letter um, saying that my plans have been approved. And so now I just need to do ins person inspections and then um, propane permitting and then should be ready to get rolling. So kind of, I'm in that like really weird, very, very startup um, phase where it's been kind of a, the hurry up and wait mode. The most said. exciting and scary part, <laughs> you're going to have to start serving food soon. I know. You've been building for that for so long. Yep. That's great. And do, and do you have kind of that support with being employed to potentially like, you know, almost like we use the term like dog fooding, like using our own technology, like, you know, them using your service for some of these events um, or even like helping promote it, given your background. It just it does. I agree. There's some like some really natural fits there. You bet. Currently, I'm kind of keeping them separate um, just for right. um, all intents and purposes. I'm just trying to make sure that I keep that that way. My full time job also knows that I'm dedicating all that I can to my full-time job um, and doing this on the side. Um, I do have a very strong network though, I feel like of, of supporters out there already, which I'm so grateful for that have all reached out and said, when you're ready, please let us know. Um, we'd love to have you come mm -hmm. get set up. And you know, whether that's in a residential neighborhood or the venue has different ongoing events that they want me a part of already. Yeah, I think just given where you're at, I mean, um, just given that it's so new, the challenges I think that you're gonna face is probably not initially when to hire, like you're going to have a set of other challenges as you kind of get set up is my, my feeling, right? You're just, you're going to be like, I just need to get booked. And like, once you're booked, you're going to have to figure out like where you want to go at what times. And is this the, is this the right customer? And, and you're going to probably do some learnings of like the, the profile of, of maybe these events that you want to be a part of, or even just like location of the truck and, and figure out where you figuring out where you want to be. I think once you figure that out um, and then there's there's more of a rhythm, I think just looking, thinking back to our own experience of me, me starting seven shifts and going from one person to we're 150 now. So very, very different, but you do naturally do everything for a little while. And that point in which you transition to having someone help you is, um, is a point that everyone, if you ask them, says that they waited too long to do. Yes. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that person that you end up firing. Like you just, that no one ever says, oh, I, I could have waited a little longer. Everyone goes like, oh my God, like why didn't I do that three months ago? And now, you know, now I have like morale's high. And anyway, I'm, I'm just kind of digressing for a moment, but um, yeah, I, I do think that 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 passing of the torch typically doesn't happen as fast as it should for a variety of reasons. I think people, myself included, are kind of like, I can do this better than any person coming in. And while that may be true, it's not going to be true as you look to continue to scale out the business and, and, and you get more bookings. And then pretty soon, and I've seen this a million times, where people are so busy in their business working that they can't see the force of the tree they're just like someone will come in and go like well why don't you just hire someone and and they'll it sounds like such a obvious comment and you just you, the answer is well i don't have time like you're just perpetuating this hamster wheel and the longer you do that the more the more burnout you're gonna you're gonna go through and so um you know i think that 
identifying that early is where you're stressed and thinking of where you where you could have someone that may be entry level that can learn some things to help you out, maybe beneficial. Um, but I think that as you go through it, it becomes more clear of where you need to get help. Um, you know, you find that you're doing 60% of your time, you're doing this thing that's so highly repetitive that you could get someone uh, to come help you do. That'll probably be the first thing you tackle. And then you're on to different things and, and, and so forth. So you constantly like pull yourself back as you get bigger. Um, but it's, it's that, I think that mindset needs to be there of like, what else could I be doing if I'm not doing this? How could I be working? And, 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 and I think that's an important question that people should ask. Yeah. I mean, I think looking at, at this year and kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, what's on the books already, you know, in terms of my full-time job, it's like, okay, I think I'm probably going to need somebody third, fourth quarter because of, um, you know, the world kind of opening back up. Um, and events coming back to life. And so it's kind of already keeping my eyes open for potential candidates of people that would be a good fit um, to be alongside me in the truck or that can be trained to the point that they're able to take the truck out too. Yeah, and Ching, here's and what I say that just... really connects to what Jordan's talking about is from the network that you have especially and the story that you have and the dedication to all facets at all levels of this industry and the people that commit themselves to it. You know, your number one customer archetype were hospitality professionals. You care so deeply about that audience that they are gonna rally around you like you would not believe. So when you're talking quarter three or four, I'm thinking a month from now, there's gonna be such a call for you to do this that I want you to think about all of those things today. It's why we're jo writing job stories. It's why we're talking to Jordan at this point, because I think it's important because you may not need the solution. You may not, may not need a technology like seven shifts today, next month. What I want you to have an understanding is when you see that fork in the road, the opportunity is there and it will be there. And I guarantee you will be there sooner than you think you have all of the backing, the training, the resources that you need to go and take that with, with, you know, eyes wide open, and with reckless abandon at the same time. And that's what I really see in this employee life cycle. It's the same thinking of your business life cycle. It's very much the same, same approach. And so that's why I wanted Jordan to really like think about, they're always thinking about these transitional moments in your business, which means transitional moments in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really think that they're, they're a good resource. And so one of the things after this is Jordan's team is unbelievable at organizing information and they do a lot of research and things like that. Maybe Jordan, have you touch on that? Why that's so important. A lot of case studies, a lot of surveys that they're bringing that information in. I want to start to feed that to you because I think that's going to be important for you to understand when you're at that point, because when you get in that truck, it's going to be hard to see the forest through the trees. You're not going to recognize that it's like, it's been time. It's, it's go time. So Jordan, you know, touch on that, some other resources that can help Ching through this process so that she doesn't get in that stuck place that you and I have seen operators get in time and time again. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, I feel like it's, it's definitely like circumstantial in terms of when you, what you read and at what stage, because there's a lot of stuff out there that's, I just keep remembering, like, you haven't started yet. So there's going to be, you know, just challenges that you, you're going to face and, and there may be no manual that will help you through those challenges that will kind of be so context specific to what you're doing and that's okay um i think just remembering that like you're 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 there to solve a ton of problems constantly 
and just like be like, you're gonna get thrown tons of problems every minute. And you're not gonna have time to Google that specific thing. Um, you're just gonna have to, you're just gonna have to act and use your best judgment. And I, I don't know that given the stage, like there, yeah, you're gonna be your best resource, honestly. And um, I, I had a question though as well, like do you, you know, looking at, at, at the website and kind of hearing more about um, the business, is, is uh, you have a partner with you running this food truck or like is Janice helping you in this yeah, endeavor Janice as well? Yeah, uh, supporting on the back end. Um, you know, she's got her her own um, things that she's working on as well, but she's been a huge support as far as helping me um, get certain tasks and that type of thing done. And, and mm -hmm. you know, she'll be most likely be my first person on the truck with me, if you will, running the window while um, nice. you know, I'm cooking because that's kind of how our relationship started. She was a line cook with me. I hired her on when I was running Eden because she liked to cook. And so really, we're really good at working in tight spaces together and know how to kind of move around one another easily. Um, and so I think that's also key to in finding that right person to be on the truck because it is such tight quarters, um, you know, much smaller than a normal kitchen. So who's okay to be in that bubble and how do we learn how to work around one another? Yeah, that's that's great. So you guys, you, you, you both know like how to maneuver with your elbows, right? Yep, exactly. Know they know the dance, um, the kitchen <laughs> line dance. Hand signals yeah, and you can't great. hear one another over the hoods, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah, that that's great. I think that's really key. I, I'm, I'm just drawing parallels to when we were two or three people. What was really clear for us is that while we knew each other really well, something we didn't go through um, the exercise as much as we should have is who's accountable for what. And it's a really good exercise to go through because what we what happened to us is like there was like a month where we just we we're just stepping on each other's toes like you know it's like i would do that thing and then um my wife andre who's who founded the company uh we're, we're a husband and wife founded company so um you know that's probably a whole other podcast yeah. uh, but but um you know and our third johannes like they were doing the same, they were like heads down like doing the same thing and like didn't talk about it and we're just like, oh my God, guys, what are we doing? Like, I didn't know you were working on that for the past hour. I was literally doing the same thing. And so it was kind of like, okay, who's taking on this role? Who's owning it? And we can, you know, I, I love the saying only, um, I love the single account, the single point accountability principle, which is that only one person can be accountable for that thing. But you can have multiple people that are maybe responsible, but only one person's accountable. Um, and so, I've kind of carried that throughout the, the history of building this company. And uh, I think those boundaries are really good to set up being like, look, I can do this really well. Why don't you take on this and, you know, shake hands. And, and when something does come up when there's conflict, just talk it out. I think that that's probably the best thing in the early stage to do. Awesome. Jordan, that was a, that was a perfect way to, to put a, a, a icing on the cake of this one, because I think, one of the things that I think is interesting that we're writing this job story, right? And it's a, a, a paw and, oh, we didn't even make the, the connection until Sophie said it. It's like, is that like the paw of the cat that's on the truck? I was like, of course it is. That makes total <laughs> sense. I love the acronym. So uh, props for that. And I totally missed it last week. Sophie had to remind me of that and I appreciate that. But what I want you to do is like, look, you wear all hats. It's easy to say that and just to continue to be perpetual motion and try to put out every fire while you're starting every other fire. That is that is the entrepreneurial way. Jordan, I, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Ching, I know what I'm talking about. Everybody who's been through that knows what I'm talking about. I want you to write job stories for all the different personalities and hats you have to wear. 
okay. because I want you to understand who you have to be in each of those individual moments so that you know who you can bring onto your team to replace you and probably do a better job than you in actuality because it allows you to focus on the thing that you're meant to do, not the thing that you just happen to have to do in that moment. So we're gonna write job stories individually and it's gonna feel weird. It's gonna feel like you're, you're, you're like, oh, but I, that's me, yes. But it has to be a different part of you because eventually it's going to be a different person. And if you do that, the moment you recognize your inability to juggle all those balls, you recognize which ball is the most important and the type of person you need to bring in. So Jordan, that was that was a great way. Jordan, any last thoughts for Ching? I, I, I so appreciate this, Jordan, too. And I, I don't want to like keep patting you on the back ridiculously, but it's important to me. This is everything. Yes, it's important to me. Everything that we're trying to build here is to shift the narrative around the way we invest in people, how we think about our businesses, that the business is the culmination of the people, not people are stacked bodies to be able to have this business be able to operate. And so, you know, Ching, for you again, Ching is not going to get seven shift software. There is, there is no ROI in this moment transactionally for your time. Yet it's important to you because there are more people at Ching stage than are at the stage where seven shifts is the right investment for them. So just, you know, again, wanted to say that and touch on that again, give us a little, like why that's important to you and, and take us out. And I appreciate your time, Ching. Good episode. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan, very much. Yeah, no, no worries. And again, um, this is not about me selling the product. It, I, I actually genuinely like uh, talking to operators because it makes me think of my family and, and growing up and and how we can help build make build and make this industry better. Honestly, I think props to you for taking a dive and the plunge to to get into this business. It is not an easy business, and I have so much respect for people that that go through this. And um, it's going to be hard and it's going to be super challenging, but like. You know, I think remembering that you're doing this because it's something that, you know, it's 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 going to be fulfilling. You know, there's going to be at, there's if you if you don't come back at the end of the day and you're not fulfilled, um, you know, I think that that that's another problem. But like through all the hardship that I witnessed through our my parents building it and even building seven shifts, is it was hard, but I was always fulfilled. It was hard, but I loved it. Yes. It's just like you need to you need to have that combo. Yeah. And you need to like be just kind of watch out for it and, and make sure it's it's always present. So I'm super excited for you. And it's great awesome. chatting. Jordan, you and I need to go on the uh, motivational speaker tour, man. That was that was great. I really, <laughs> really appreciate that. We, there's an emotional roller coaster today. So Jordan, thank you so much for your time and uh, stay warm there in negative 20 Saskatchewan. I appreciate you uh, <laughs> talking with us today. Take care. Have a good one. You too. See you. All right. Ching next week great i mean jordan i just such a deep thinker such a deep thinker and those are the people that i really want to surround myself with the people that i want to be working with the people that I, you know it's really hard for me to put underwritten by seven shifts on our stuff because i'm so protective of not doing anything that's transactional right it's so important to me Yet to be able to make sure that Sophie can do what she can do and Corey can do what he does and Andrew and Lottie and the whole team, it's so important. So the fact that Jordan and Seven Shifts, Krista Young, their team is willing to invest themselves, their time and a little bit of cash, it's it's meaningful in all ways. So I really, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. So great interaction next week. What's on the menu? We're talking traditional versus fusion. We've already, like, na we're navigating that again and again and again. 
your ability to train your team thoughtfully on that, to communicate that to your your audience, to stay grounded in your story and the and the path of that going to be so important. So me writing some some menu descriptions, kind of some menu stories. Everything's a story, you know me, broken record. Uh, and we got another guest coach, which I'm excited about not telling you who the guest coaches are going forward. So it should be a good surprise. A lot of energy next week for sure. So uh, be prepared for that. Uh, yeah. And thoughts going into next week? How you feeling? Uh, feeling good. Um, you know, just super excited, kind of feeling like we're. I can see the finish line now. Um, I think it's know. the starting line, actually. <laughs> the finish line for all the, the pre-stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. And then be able to take those next steps um, and finally getting out on the streets and, and being able to feed people and 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 bring this this dream to to actual reality is is pretty exciting and scary and and all of things so and i am so excited and anxious for you and i'm grateful to be a part of this if it you know if it means that i can uh support you and lift you up or hold your feet to the fire any of those things i'm i'm game and i appreciate the opportunity to do that so all right i'll let you go Awesome. Thank and, you. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And I'm excited to talk to you next week. And, you know, as, as chefs, we're getting into the menu. This is going to okay. be fun next week. So we will be talking uh, about how we thoughtfully navigate that idea of traditional versus fusion and that intersection. So have a good one. Thank you. You too. All right, everybody. Great, great episode. So thankful again to Jordan and seven shifts their whole team it's really important it took a lot of hard work to find the right partners for us and again i'm so protective of it and it means a lot to have that kind of partnership so Besser podcast 288 oh we're getting close to 300 in startup mode when do i hire really understanding the employee life cycle understanding the business life cycle which means understanding your personal entrepreneurial life cycle i think is super important big takeaway from this episode that is it i appreciate all of you for tuning in. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.